Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talked to David Crane, CEO of Crane Builders, LLC in Nashville, Tennessee. There are many debates that will rage on forever. Pepsi or Coke? McDonald's or Burger King? Captain Kirk or Captain Picard? Cost plus or fixed price remodeling? David is here to tackle at least one of those controversial topics. We'll hear which side of the fence he falls on and why he thinks it's the right choice for most. And we'll hear all about it in just a minute. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Good morning, Victoria. How are you? Pleasant. And yourself? Yeah, pretty darn good. Had a good workout today, feeling strong, ready to rock. Oh, what's with the language? Language? Pretty darn good. Jeez, oh. <laughs> you're really getting out there now on us. I know, I know. <laughs> Bye, George. You bet. Golly gee. So this is going to be a really interesting episode because, as you said, the, the these these when people feel one way about cost plus or fixed price, they feel pretty passionately about that choice, what, that decision to go in that direction. Just like Pepsi or Coke. That's right. <laughs> so... Um, this is going to be real interesting to hear from somebody that has a position that we don't hear as often as uh, the other side. So, yeah, should we jump in and tell people what we're talking about? Yeah, let's let's clue everybody in. Okay, David Crane, as Mark said, is CEO of Crane Builders in Nashville, Tennessee, where he has been for 34 years following a 10-year stint in New Orleans. So David's been around the block a few times knows this industry inside and out, and is one of our most generous members because not only is he going to be speaking today about his favorite form of working in a remodeling company, but he's also sharing the same information at our upcoming summit in Arizona, which is really cool. So, David, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Good. Well, we're glad to have you, too. Now, you know, as we said, there's been a lot of controversy about cost plus versus fixed price. Tell us where you stand and why that is. Well, I have almost always done cost plus building and remodeling. And gosh, probably 20 years ago, I was in a business group that a number of people said, oh, you can't make money in cost plus remodeling. You need to do fixed price. So I tried doing that for about a year. And I had so much kickback from existing clients that said, gosh, we've always done cost plus and it's always a trust relationship and we trust you, you trust us and we share the risk and all that. And we don't want to do fixed price. So I went back to cost plus and have done that ever since. And we, there's a lot more accountability to it, but we make very good money doing cost plus remodeling. So I've heard that too, that it's more difficult to make money at cost plus. And of course, I've seen it because I see financials from so many different remodeling companies. And it's not that you can't, but a lot of people make mistakes in the structure around it, which causes it to be less profitable. Don't you think? I think so. And I think one of the things that you, that one of the tricks to it is you've got to put as much cost above the line into job costs as you possibly can. 
including project manager and all of that. And our project managers go into costs, including all benefits and get marked up. And our goal is we pay our production manager and our company bonuses out of the markup that we make on the project managers. Okay, well, let's back up for a minute because I want to dive into that in a little more detail. But so, sure. so that's one of the keys to success in doing a cost plus project, right? Is packing the costs as much as you can up above the line. Are there other keys? And then we can delve into them a little bit in detail. Absolutely. I think uh, what I think cost plus does is forces you to look at your numbers very regularly and to know when you're uh, meeting budget or not, what it does is forces us and our project managers to write not change orders, but we call them additional work authorizations or AWAs because it sounds like you're getting something for your money. <laughs> but we very quickly realize when something is over budget and go and address it with an additional work authorization and make sure we're not caught eating costs that happen to go over budget. So when you're selling a job with Cost Plus, how do you explain it to the client? We explain, like I said earlier, is that we do Cost Plus because we feel like it's the most honest way to, to work. We share the risk. If there's 100 variables in your job, if we're doing a fixed price, I'm going to put 70 of them into my cost and hope I run into 30 of them. And you're going to be open on running to 90 of them. So you come out to the advantage. And you start kind of a competitive, you know, thing, who's going to come out on top. And in Cost Plus, it's a total trust relationship. We we share the risk. And if lumber goes up 20%, well, I'm sorry, you pay 20% more. But if lumber comes down 20%, you're going to pay 20% less. And so it's a, it's the most honest way of dealing. And most people don't research who they're hiring to do their remodeling as much as they do on much more trivial things. And I think you need to know you can trust the person you're hiring to remodel your house. So, David, like right now, something like kitchen cabinets and and things like that are, are ridiculous lead times, right? They're like 16, 18 weeks or something. And exactly. in in a situation like this, I, I – well, I don't want to assume. That's why I'm going to ask the question. Like, okay, so right now you're going to place an order today for a project in maybe five or six months from now probably because of the lead times. And then the prices start dropping later, but that's all worked out, right? They're not going to come back to you. It's it's The pricing is when you bought it. Yes, because on something like cabinets, we get a fixed price at the time we order it. The difficulty has become – which has nothing to do with cost plus is the fact that we have to, before we ever start a job, we have to order stuff like cabinets and windows and doors and plumbing fixtures and stuff to make sure that they're going to be there. I'm picking up a contract today for a new kitchen and we ordered the cabinets two weeks ago and we were ready to, we could start the job, but we will probably wait about six or eight weeks to start it so that we don't have somebody's kitchen ready and no cabinets for a month. No kidding. That's one of the things I think across the remodeling right. board is everybody's dealing with. No kidding. The costs get passed directly on. And the thing that does vary, Mark, is like lumber. You know, we signed a contract and here's the price we got the week before we signed the contract for lumber. And that could go up $10,000 or down $10,000. Right. We explain that to homeowners, and we're having more 
You know, the difference is in fixed price, a lot of people are eating what the price increases and that's really affected their bottom line. We're having some very uncomfortable conversations, but we're going and our typical conversation before we start a job is, gee, I'm sorry, but your price has gone up 10% and here's why. Most of it's lumber, but it's cabinets because it has lumber in it and trim because it has lumber in it and all those things. And the good news is with the economy the way it is now, people are saying, gee, I'm really sorry to hear that. When can you start? <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> But now, it's a hard conversation. Now, one of the things you mentioned earlier was that you know if you're exceeding the budget, but isn't one of the things about cost plus is that there's no top end, right? The client drives it, right? I mean, they choose things. Yes, but one of the things that we have a reputation for is coming in on our budgets. So we have a line item budget with probably 60 or 70 items on it, and our project managers approve every bill that gets paid on that job. And when they're approving that bill, they look at the uh, budget of the proposal we had from the sub before they started the job. And if there's something different than that, they start looking and asking questions. And if it's different, we write an additional work authorization to make sure that we educate the client. And that we say, okay, yes, you started with $3,000 for plumbing fixtures and you picked $4,200 worth. We, just, we want to eliminate surprises, so we're adjusting the budget $1,200. Okay, I got gotcha. you. And so now your budget's $4,200 for a plumbing fixture. So it's not that you have to hit a predetermined budget. It's that you're consistently and constantly uh, adjusting it to reflect right. the reality of what they pick. Exactly. All right. So and in some cases, it's going and saying, gee, I'm sorry, you know, we told you that lumber prices were fluctuating and on your $30,000 lumber package, you really came in at 34.5. So we've got to write a $4,500 AWA for the additional cost of lumber. And we're really sorry it happened, but we just want to eliminate a surprise at the end of the job. Here's there you where go. We are. Okay. So David, are you upfront when you're just getting the contract signed and getting started? Are you making sure that clients aren't at their 100% capacity, do you kind of try to hold them back to a certain percentage? Because you don't want somebody getting into a situation where, you know what, I just flat out don't have the money to finish this job. (laughs) You know, we don't specifically have that question, but yes, we do say, you know, here is our best guess at what it's going to be. And we typically come in at within three to 5% of our budget one way or the other. The caveat I'll give you is when you go pick, plumbing fixtures or ceramic tile or countertops, if you see something you really love, you also want to have room that you can, you know, change that and still fit it in your budget. Right. And so you give them a heads up that this is not at all a fixed price. And even if you're doing fixed price, if you pick a nicer countertop or nicer plumbing fixtures or, you know, more features on your cabinets, you're still going to pay extra for that. So, and just to follow up on that, do you ever have a situation where, uh, you have had somebody say, you know what, I'd rather not do this. Can you just give me a fixed price? And then what do you do if you do? Well, we we occasionally have that. And bottom line is we've gotten to say, no, we're sorry. We only work on fixed, I mean, on cost plus. And it's because that's, you know, we can't do one job differently than we do all. And we feel like it's the most fair way to work. And 
we will not do fixed price. We also have people that ask, well, will you do a guaranteed max or will you do a penalty if you go over budget? Mm. And we'll turn those down as well and say, check with our references. We come in on time and on budget and, you know, this is the way we work. If you And we try and explain that on the front end. One of the best lessons I ever learned from Sandler sales is go for the no. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get a no from somebody, don't make six trips out to their house and spend 30 hours putting together one budget after oh. another after another to have them say no. Mm-hmm. In that first phone conversation, see if it seems like a good fit. And every meeting after that, keep saying it if it's a good fit. And up front, ask them for permission if we ever, either one of us ever sees that we feel like we're not a good fit for each other. Let's pull the cord then and not go on and cause misery. David, if we could, I just want to take a quick break to mention the Remodelers Summit that we have coming up this September 22nd. We are back, baby. It's not virtual. It's not a Zoom. This is the in-person Remodelers Summit that we've been doing for years and years now, and we're back in person at the Arizona Grand in Phoenix, Arizona. We're so excited about it. If you want to learn more about attending the summit, all the information is at www.remodelersummit.com. We've got an amazing keynote with Afterburner. We have three tracks. We have a business track. We have a production track of education, and we also have the value builder track of education, which is all about building value in your business and preparing it for sale, be it in the next few months or be it in the next few decades. Again, that's at remodelersummit.com. All right. Thanks for that intermission. Let's get back to this. Okay, let's dive into a little bit of the nitty-gritty of this cost plus concept. Now, do you do you have your own in-house carpentry staff or do you use subcontractors for your labor? We subcontract all labor. The only thing we have is four project managers, a production manager, my son-in-law Tyler and I that do all the sales, and then we have one guy that we call our unicorn that sells his jobs and then he runs them when he's doing them and he's uh and he's, and he's great at all of it, but when he leaves, we won't replace him. Okay, that's have, a little bit of an unusual silo yeah, thing, right? Yeah, so he's kind of just out there doing his thing. And then we have an office manager and a part-time administrative assistant. Okay, so when you're putting as many costs as you can above the line, the way that I understand it is that you put – that companies that do cost plus will put – everything that they can possibly apply to the job as a cost above the line. So they would put administrative time and cop the cost of copies, the cost of admin, the anything they could think of like that goes above the line. Is that how you do it? No, we don't do that. We charge our project managers to it. If we buy a first aid kit or a wheelbarrow or a fire extinguisher, those get charged to the job and hopefully we'll have it for the next job. But if we don't buy another one for the next job, we don't charge them for it. But anything that is directly related to the job gets charged. But we do consider all the administrative and copying and all that as a part of our overhead. So when you're charging your project managers, do you use their straight burdened cost or do you create a billing rate 
we create a billing rate. Our guys, we pay, you know, 30 to 36 bucks an hour, and we charge them out at $60 an hour, which calls, covers all insurances, taxes, vacations, paid holidays, and we have enough on top of that that we pay, that we hopefully can pay our production manager out of that pool. Oh, okay, so your production manager is not keeping time cards on the job or for the job no, costs. Okay. He is a part of overhead. Okay. But every year we consistently more than pay his salary with what we have left on that $60 an hour for our project managers. Okay, so another thing that I heard is a bit of a drawback oftentimes to this kind of pricing is the is the administrative workload the like do you bill the client every two weeks do you have to give tons of paperwork tons of details and things well we do not give them copies of individual invoices we bill them once a month and in our contract is a spreadsheet with here's our budget for each line item and then when we do an invoice we just make a spreadsheet of that and here is the budget here is any changes by additional work authorization. Here's our cost to date. Here's what's left in that category. Okay. So every time we send them a bill, it gives them a snapshot from day one to today as to what they spent or what we spent on their behalf. And then at the bottom, it deducts out what they've already paid us. Okay. So I'm curious about, again, I'm moving back to the beginning of the process, but I'm, I'm very curious about the sales part of, of, of this. And when you're going, do you, well, actually, I should start with, do you go against, are you bidding, quote unquote, bidding against people that are fixed price? Yes. Okay. So when you're sending in your proposal, you have to, do you get, try to get all the appliances and their selections and all kind of projected out to, I guess I'm, I'm wondering how these two completely different proposals compare and then what that challenge is. And the only, we, one of the downsides to what we do is we get them to make as many selections as we can on the front end, but we have, we go in with a lot more allowances in those fixed price companies. We mm -hmm. don't have a designer. We don't do any enhanced design either. So that's part of the deal is our, all of ours are either architect or interior designer driven and drawn plans. And if they have an interior designer, they usually make the selections in a very timely manner. Mm -hmm. If not, that falls to our project managers to push and to us because now we have to get a lot more of those selections before we start the job because so many things have to be ordered up front. But Mark, back to your question on specifically on appliances. The only thing that we do a fixed number on in a job is appliances. If we're doing a normal kitchen, we'll put a $10,000 allowance in for cabinets and we'll say, whatever you spend over that, you can write a check directly to the appliance company. We don't need to make more money because you choose to use a sub-zero refrigerator over a GE mm -hmm. refrigerator. Mm -hmm. And if we know it's going to be a big appliance package, a lot of times we'll put 20000 in instead of ten mm -hmm. with the same caveat. Mm -hmm. But that's the only thing on a job we'll do that on. Interesting. Yeah. But we don't run that additional money through us, so it doesn't affect our bottom line. Mm -hmm. Now, do you find that there's a certain uh, demographic profile of the people who like Cost Plus versus the people that – uh, want a fixed price, and I'm going to compare this a little bit to design build, which you are not, 
and then the architect interior design led stuff. Is there are is there are they different levels of income and that sort of thing? Oh, I would dare say that um gosh, we have real mixture, but for the most part I'd say our clients are probably a little bit older and a little bit more affluent. And many of them, because they're also already, many of them have already hired an architect and the architect's sending them to us. Mm -hmm. And so they've already agreed that we're going to pay this chunk of money for design. And we know we're going to pay, you know, a contractor fee. And so uh, they've already, you know, they're, they're not trying to pinch pennies. Right. And okay. That's one of the things that, you know, is one of our questions because we also try not to do jobs under a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Get, and we explain it to uh, so we don't sound too snobby or whatever. Uh -huh. Is that where we become efficient for our clients is jobs over a hundred thousand dollars. You know, if you're doing a hall bathroom or something, a lot of times it's good to hire a contractor who has in-house labor and does their own demolition and framing and can do a lot of the things in-house instead of us. We have to sub everything out, uh -huh. and that becomes more efficient on a bigger job. So one more, again, and I keep going back to the sales part of it, but do you get uh -huh. just flat out questions like, okay, so what, what margin, what are you trying to make on me? What's your margin? And yes, and my, my line to them, which is uh, somewhat made up, somewhat not, is <laughs> we, we charge about 28% overhead and profit and our overhead is about 23%. We try and make a 5% profit and that right. usually... Uh, and occasion, you know, occasionally we'll have somebody say, well, you know, it's a big job. Could you do it for 25%? Right. And, you know, uh, you know, we really can't. We do everybody at the same price and it just is too much paperwork and it's just not fair to our other clients to charge one, one thing and another, another thing. Not to mention they'd be cutting out 90% of your profit there, you know? I mean, jeez. Right. Uh, and, and Tyler and I go into job, into cost, into that overhead too. So, yeah. So, and you don't find that there's any, I mean, doesn't it scare you sometimes to say that out loud to people? I mean, I know there's a lot of discussion around this and when it works, it works. I don't think there should be, but I know there are some people like, oh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to tell them what my margin is. I don't want them, you know, if they just can't handle that sort of bluntness. But every time we sit down with a client and even on our very first meeting is we'll tell them work costs plus 28%, which is probably higher than the average around this area. And, you know, and from the beginning, we tell them that. And when we sit down and go through our preliminary budget, we've got a spreadsheet showing 28% at the bottom. Now, one of the things that we also do is we include the cost of our project managers into the cost of the job. Mm -hmm. So we don't have a superintendent line item. We have, you know, 10 hours under plumbing, 10 hours under Oh, okay. Across. So in our contract, uh, it specifically says here are our billable rates for each different, for project managers, for carpenters, and for mm -hmm. carpenter helpers and, uh, and stuff. But we do not have any supervision category in the contract. It's all spread, massaged through the contract. So they're not going, oh, you got you know, 7% for project management and you got overhead. Involved. Yeah. Right. You know, so that's one thing that we try and steer away from. Oh, okay. All right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's, that's really, really fascinating mm -hmm. to me. I tend to, I tend to, 
feel more comfortable on the fixed side. <laughs> you know, let me ask you one question. But, but that's that's members <laughs> Well, they they do. Yeah. You know, it's just it's safe. It's like it's like a cuddly teddy bear you can get to bed with at night. <laughs> well, it's but I feel safe with ours because every yeah. month either Tyler or I are doing bills and we see exactly where we are in each one. Where with fixed price, you know, we have never had slippage. Yeah, right. That's have. that's a beautiful thing. When that's the we thing, always, we always have grippage, and that's mainly because of our markup on our project manager. Yeah, right. and, and and neither is right or wrong. They're just different. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Well, on fixed price, I, I would have trouble sleeping at night because it's like... <sighs> what if you oh miss something? Is yeah, has this run over? Did I miss this? Did, you know, what happened? The lumber just went up 30 grand and I don't have an escalation clause. In yeah. Right. Well, yeah, you so just I'm nailed it, right? Everybody's suddenly starting to put escalation clauses in because of all the stuff that's going on. So, yeah. Well, Dave, so I, I got one last question for you. Okay. It's the lightning round questions. Are you ready for that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I can I can sense the excitement in your voice. <laughs> yes, indeed. Bring them on. There you go. And now here's a remodeler's advantage lightning round. It's a trap. Okay, here we go. Let's put sixty seconds on the clock. What's your favorite business book and why? I would say it's a whole series of Stephen Covey books because I think one of the keys for us has been getting the right people in the right seats on the bus to make our team excellent, which I think is where we are right now. Mm -hmm. You are. If you weren't a cost plus remodeler, what do you think you'd be doing? I'd be retired. <laughs> instead, of, instead of now working four days a week as I am. Oh, sweet. Yeah, well, you're on your road, though, aren't you? I'm on the road. <laughs> what are you not very good at? Probably being patient with clients and subcontractors. Your room, your desk, or your car, which would you clean first? My room, because my wife sees it and makes sure <laughs> I do. And sticking with my intro, let's go this way. Pepsi or Coke? Coke Zero. Hey. McDonald's or Burger King? McDonald's. Captain Kirk or Captain Picard? Captain Kirk. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, that's awesome. See, David, this was easy, right? It was pretty easy. Yes. All right. Okay, so to wrap. It was like, like we're five minutes in. Yes, that's right. See, because just time flies. So um, before you go, though, I want you to share your five words of wisdom with our listening audience and tell us why they resonate with you. My five words are be honest, live with integrity, because you're the one you have to face every morning in the mirror. And uh, we have a God to answer to. And I think honesty and integrity are the things that will build our reputation that will last forever. That's wonderful. Fantastic. Yep. And that you are a, a demonstration of that. That's you're a great member. You're running a good business. You've got a wonderful son-in-law in there with you. So thank you so much for your generosity and sharing this with us. Thank you, Victoria and Mark. Thanks, David. We appreciate it. See you at the summit. Good. Thank All right. you Thanks, very David. much. Bye. You know, I, when he talked about that last little bit, we talked about no slippage. My now, ears just perked up, and I thought, no mm -hmm. doubt. That is so, such a beautiful thing. That does seem like kind of the one obvious positive side effect to the whole thing is it's, it, it would be 
virtually impossible to have slippage, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, you know, we, and in, the, in the fixed price world, it's a, it takes a lot to get rid of that or get to eliminate it or reduce it down to a, a nub, you know. So I think that is definitely a beauty of cost plus. Yeah, you know, it still is challenging, though, to because, you know, actually, and I didn't want to get too much into it, but in my book, one of the things I talk about is undervaluing what you bring. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to – you don't – and I actually speci- – I'm not saying don't do cost plus, but I do talk about just adding an arbitrary markup to your costs in and of itself is, is not a good way to go because you're not taking into account what makes you special and different. And I do think that in this model, it's a little more challenging to to do that. I don't know. It's it's my own gut versus just saying, you know, look, this is who we are. We're, we're worth more, and and this is why. Because you know, you you don't want to sit there and tell the homeowner, yeah, we're making eighty percent on you. Right. No. But you know, we've talked to other folks that are, have a similar business model. And they just have a different way than the design build folks to frame make, it. To frame it, right. right? It's about process. It's about accuracy. It's about transparency. You know, there's a lot. Of, it's just it's just a different spin. Yeah, and and I think he did touch on it a little bit that you know this isn't an itemized list of you know it's not an audit on your project. Right. You're not you're not showing them every hour billed, every hour booked. Mm-hmm. Here's here's mm-hmm. you know, you are kind of lump summing some stuff and giving general rates. So it does give you an opportunity to dem- massage a little bit. Yes. And not that you're lying about your margin, but you're just kind of ballparking it a little bit. Mhm. Yep, exactly. There is still under the, you know, below the line costs that everybody has to take account for. Right. You know, now David's going to be sharing uh, some more thoughts with people at our uh, at our Roundtable Mastermind Day in Arizona. Yeah, the, right the, before the summit. The day before the summit. Yeah. So yeah, our, our two point our, our our two members are going to get that extra bonus. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, we want to thank David for sharing this uh, cost plus approach with our listenership, and of course, we want to thank you for listening week in and week out. I am Mark Harari. And I'm Victoria Downing. See you next week. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.